welcome back everyone to the Miss Independence podcast. I really, for before we get started, I want to take a moment to talk about last week's episode and just take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you for supporting me along my journey. Last week was more than I could ever hope for, and I'm so appreciative of all the support I have received and the positive vibes and just everything. And, you know, that's really lucky because today we're talking all about support. So I just, again, thank you for your support, and I am very, very thankful to have you guys along on this journey. On that note, Last week's episode, we talked about uh, my journey and just kind of what my disability and chronic illness looks like. And attached to that episode was a poll. So if you want to go take the poll and go look at the question, all you have to do is follow that link on the link that I have shared. And you can take yourself to the poll and vote. So in today's episode, like I said, we're going to be talking about support. Support is very vital, and I think that it's really, you, as somebody with a disability or chronic illness, it's very important to acknowledge the support that we are given and figure out what types of support look best for our situation. Not every disability or chronic illness is the same, like we have talked about, so the different types of support you're going to need are going to be different as well. So first, before we even talk about the types of support, we should really define what support is. And uh, I just want to take this second and talk about the fact that a lot of the, or at least some of the content that we are going to be talking about really stems from my health communication degree. I have a degree and background in communication, but I specifically have a degree, uh, or I specialize, I should say, in the health communication or healthcare industry. And it's something that I am very passionate about. And because of that, I feel that I'm going to be able to contribute a lot of information to these episodes. And I just want to make sure that I'm giving credit where credit is due. I did not come up with the five types of support. I learned this in my health communication class. So that's just a little caveat. And, you know, I want to make sure that when I'm talking about topics, I'm not trying to claim them as my own or taking credit for coming up with you know, words and terms. So this is not my terms. These are terms that I learned from my health communication class. So before we, like I said, before we even talk about what types of support we can give to a person with a disability or chronic illness, we need to really define what support means. So in the context of health communication or having a disability or chronic illness, health or support talks about the ability to give assistance. And you're like, wow, that's very, very broad. So what does that even mean? Don't worry, because we're going to dive right in. So like I said, it's giving assistance in activities that are going to enhance an individual's life. And obviously, you don't have to just have a disability in order to need support, right? So everyone is going to need support. No one can do life alone. And as somebody who's very stubborn and independent, that is something that I have come to learn that I need to accept help and it's okay to accept help and support. So in the five types of support, there are two categories. There are There is perceived support and enacted support. So perceived support is the idea that if you went to somebody, say a family member, a coworker, your boss, uh, somebody at the store, even if it's transactional, uh, and you ask them for help. Maybe it's getting something off the shelf, helping complete a work project, 
driving you to the mechanics to get your car fixed. It's the idea that if you were to ask somebody to do those things, you feel that you would have the network to be able to accomplish that task and have the support given to you. So that is perceived support. Enacted support is when the individual or the other individual provides that support. So that would be driving you to get your car fixed, grabbing that thing off the shelf, completing that work project. It's showing you that they are there to support you. So that's very important when you think about, you know, everybody's experience. Some people obviously feel that they don't have support, especially like we've talked about with disabilities or chronic illness. Sometimes that can be very hard if you don't understand what it's like to live a life with a disability or chronic illness. So, you know, we in the perceived support, you might not feel um, that in certain areas of your life, you're able to have support because they don't understand what you're going through. Uh, so, like I said, there are five types of support. There is emotional support, esteem support, informational support, network support, and tangible support. And I think what I'm going to do, and I think that this is going to be such a great idea, but I want to be able to lay the groundwork for today and talk about the different types of support and then really take it in, to the next level with each individual episode, catering to a specific type of support. And through that, I hope to bring on guests to talk about that type of support and really give a practical example of what that support will look like. So, you know, for what episode do we have, you know, emotional support, talking about how you can emotionally support somebody, what that would look like, what are some examples of ways in which you might find yourself having to emotionally support somebody, and tips and tricks to be able to be successful in that situation. So I... I'm trying, and then also I'm trying to bulk these episodes so that I'm not scrambling each week to come up with one, but I'm going to start today and going to spend all day today kind of figuring out who I want to bring on to talk about each specific topic and then kind of plan those episodes accordingly. So that is kind of where I see that this topic of support is going to go. And, you know, I know I don't have to tell you guys, but life doesn't always go according to plan. So if something comes up and I'm not able to find somebody who can talk about that topic, we might just do it independently. But I really do want to provide a space for individuals and experts to come on and provide their insight, because I think that's going to be very beneficial for this podcast. So without further ado, I'm going to just kind of give a little bit of in-depth about what um, each type of support looks like at a very basic level, because I want to save something for each episode. So here we go. The first type of support we're going to be talking about is emotional support. Emotional support is the idea that if you went to somebody with emotional or with your emotional, uh, situation or feelings, you would be able to find somebody who could support you along that journey and give you sound advice and really just sit with you and your emotions and really validate your experience. It's really important to be able to connect with our emotions individually. And it's very important to be able to share our emotions, our emotions with others so that we can really connect with others and truly show them how we are feeling. 
Emotional support really can look different for each and every person because everyone has a different experience and relationship with their own emotions. And it's really important to be able to use these tools, not just with others, but with yourself as well, because no one person is going to be able to meet all your needs. And in this episode, we're talking about support. I I don't think it's truly humanly possible for one person to provide all types of support for you. And so it's uh, vital that we can be able to take some tools and meet our own needs and um, kind of support ourselves as a foundation uh, in order to be successful. But anyway, back to the emotional support. It's very um, important to be able to experience what we're feeling and not push these emotions down, especially when you're talking about a disability or chronic illness. We have to be able to communicate what we are feeling because we don't want to bottle up our emotions and then spill it, you know, kind of have like a spillover, or I like to think of it as a volcano of eruption or emotions, and then really just say things or do things that we regret. So it's very important to be proactive with our emotions and talk with friends or, you know, seek counseling or support and just being able to be on top of it is really important. So some other examples of emotional support could be um, an emotional support dog for depression, you know, talking to a family member or a close friend about a bad day or letting them talk to you about a bad day and being there for them to vent as well as talking about, um, you know, journaling, the importance of, you know, you really identifying with your emotions. And really just all of that really is about emotional support. Uh, It's really about validating the other's experience, even if you don't agree with it or you haven't experienced it yourself. Uh, It's really important to let the other person know that they are being seen and heard so that they don't feel alone. Because I think we can all agree that feeling alone on this journey called life is very, very isolating. And we don't ever want to make somebody feel like they are alone in our presence anyway. At least, you know, I don't like to make people feel like they're alone in my presence. Um, So that's really what emotional support is about. It's really all about the emotional state of somebody's well-being and the, you know, identifying your emotions, communicating about your emotions, whether, um, you know, being proactive and taking care of your emotions and um, whether that's journaling or, you know, like I said, talking with a friend, um, family member, um, just being aware of emotional intelligence. And it's just very, very vital for that type of emotional support. Additionally, I think that with emotional support, it's very important to be able to take care of yourself. Um, Like we have, you know, like I had mentioned before, but like when you're a person, you know, let's say for like a caregiver, that you have to be able to take care of yourself in order to take care of others. So it's very important for you to be, as the caregiver, to be aware of your emotions and how you're feeling and seek that uh, outer support when you're talking about a chronic illness. The second type of support we are going to be talking about is esteem support. So the difference between esteem support and emotional support uh, is emotional support, like we have talked about, talks about feelings. Esteem support really talks about adding to the intrinsic value or the inside feeling of somebody feeling positive about themselves and their characteristics and what they bring to the world. 
So for example, we could talk about somebody's intelligence, somebody's contribution to a certain project. We could talk about how artistic you think they are, just really anything that would add to their, I don't want to use the word esteem, but you know, add to their, uh, the way they feel about themselves in a positive way. So I think it's really, you know, I think we all want to be able to talk about um, or really be there, you know, and really feel that we, our human experience and existence benefits this world or benefits the people that we have in our lives. If you can think about it from like in terms of a kid, you know, they're always kind of looking to their parents for esteem support and wanting to know that their parents are very proud of them. So that could be like getting an A on a test, working really hard at their sport and maybe making it to the championship game, working to learn a new skill, uh, whether that's making their bed, mowing the lawn, also learning a new instrument and increasing their ca uh, capabilities. Uh, and really just having that acknowledgement that they're working hard and what they're doing is being noticed. And I think that, you know, as adults, we also want that as well. We want to know that what we're doing matters and is appreciated and that we are seen as capable individuals who are contributing members of society. Now, where I think this comes in with a disability or chronic illness is the idea that even though we have a disability or chronic illness, we are still valued in society. I know for me, I am somebody who is obviously very capable in some areas and not so capable in other areas. And I really just look for people in my life to provide validation that I am a capable individual, as well as giving that to myself, because I want to know that I am capable and that people don't see me, you know, as somebody who is uh, selfish or, you know, not, you know, completely disabled, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, that's something that I've personally struggled with is that I, you know, sometimes I like hide things or like I'm very performative in some aspects that I um, want to be acknowledged for my strengths and not looked at and judged by my weaknesses. And I think that, again, that's something that anybody with a disability or chronic illness doesn't want because we want to be seen as human and we want to be seen like our peers or our family or our friends and we want to be able to be looked at like everyone else, but we do have this underlying disability or chronic illness that can sometimes limit what our capabilities can be. So I think, like I said, for me, validation is really important to be seen and to be heard and to really have acknowledgement that what I am doing ma is, ma uh, is matters, that's not a word, uh, matters and is also, you know, looked at with high regard. And not, you know, obviously not coming from a narcissistic way, but in a way that they are acknowledging that I um, am a contributing member, I guess, to society. The third type of support we are going to be talking about is informational support. Informational support is the idea that you could go to somebody, whether it be a doctor or somebody maybe at the grocery store or anybody who would have the uh, knowledge of a task or certain uh, pieces of advice that could help you make a better decision or help you along your own journey. 
So like I said, doctors, you know, you go to the doctor to get advice about a certain illness, especially if you have a disability or chronic illness, um, to be able to have them give you a diagnosis and really talk about the treatments that are going to be able to benefit you to get back to uh, being healthy. Or like the grocery store clerk, if you're not sure where an item is, we, you know, we asked somebody at the grocery store, I'm like, where, you know, you, yesterday I had to actually, I had to run back to the store twice because I forgot honey. But, um, I, you know, I had, a, had a couple things that I couldn't find. So I had to, you know, ask for that. And there, those clerks are providing informational support. So informational support, you know, is really, really important because it really enhances our experience and understanding and allows us to be able to take all that is being given to us and really apply it to our own life so that we are able to, in the future, use that information and make uh, decisions and, um, you know, formulate plans or what have you for ourselves independently. So where I think this comes in as far as a disability, I think that talking about um, informational support is key because there are many, many different types of ways you could provide informational support. You know, I think, you know, this podcast and being able to listen to episodes about certain topics for individuals with a disability or chronic illness is really important because it gives you guys knowledge to be able to empower yourselves and make, um, you know, maybe have information or that you didn't have before. So I think that, you know, this, you know, this episode or just in general, this podcast is a very unique type of uh, informational support that allows you to be able to really maybe understand your experience better or communicate about your experience better or be, you know, if you're an individual who doesn't have a disability, but you're supporting somebody who does, having a place for informational support where you can go to is going to be vital. So that way you can uh, hear the information firsthand and you can get the support that you need and the knowledge that you need in order to help others along their journey. Uh, So that, you know, those are definitely examples of types of informational support for somebody with a disability or chronic illness, whether, you know, like I said, doctor's appointments, um, this, you know, podcast similar to this one, where they're talking about individuals with a disability or how to get help for caregivers taking care of somebody with a disability or chronic illness, and really just allowing people to gain as much knowledge about any kind of subject that they can so that they can better themselves. I think that, you know, much like esteem and emotional support, it's really about having all the tools you can to be able to be successful and really gaining as much as you can to provide along your journey. Because the more information, you know, knowledge, as they say, knowledge is power. So the more knowledge you have, the better your experience is going to be. And so I think that, you know, I'm trying to come up with some other examples of informational support. I think that it's also very important to look to websites and organizations such as the Hydrocephalus Association, or if you deal with epilepsy or um, any kind of chronic condition should have a platform and you can use that platform to go to for advice um, about doctor's appointments, more information about your disease, and really just have a holistic understanding about 
what that is going to look like for you. And I think that, you know, these, all these avenues are really good to be able to enhance your knowledge um, and make, you know, everyone is always learning something. You, I don't think you ever stop learning. Life is a school. So it's really important to be able to know where to go to get informational support and really feel that the information you're being given is sound as well as, you know, like we talk about with advice, you want to make sure you're going to the right person. Uh, but also being able to make sure that you understand it because people can give you information, but just if they're not communicating it in a way that they, uh, that you understand it, then it's not very useful. So being able to know where you can get support and get information, um, being sure it's communicated to you in a way that you can understand and maybe communicated to individuals who are helping you in your life uh, or caretakers, uh, as well as being able to process that information and make decisions based off that information. So these are all aspects of informational support. The next type of support we are going to be talking about is network support. Network support is the idea that you have other outlets and individuals who have similar experiences uh, to you to be able to reach out to them and have a support. So whether that be friends or individuals who maybe are part of a collective support group like Alcoholics Anonymous or a veteran support group, uh, it's a large kind of uh group, I guess, for lack of a better word, to uh, be able to share their experiences and provide support for uh, individuals who are going through the same thing that they're going through. So like I said, some examples are Alcoholics Anonymous, um, you know, veteran support groups, uh, really just anything that you can like go, you know, your weekly meetings or monthly meetings and be able to gain more understanding or esteem support or any of these other types of support we are talking about, it's really an outlet for you to be able to utilize. So another aspect of network support is it can be either online or it could be, um, you know, in person. So you can get network support, you know, from social media. You could join a Facebook group all about your disability or chronic illness. So, um, there are like hydrocephalus groups out there that I'm a part of, or, um, you know, your professional association. If you have a job, um, doctors are often a part of these network groups. So that way they can um, really just further their professional career as well as uh, provide um, new knowledge or pathways to advance the entire, you know, platform. Um. No, network support, I think, is very vital because it really allows others to build connection. And throughout, you know, no matter where we live, we live in a time where we can, like, communicate with people who live across the country or across the world. And uh, they might be going through similar experiences even if they live across the world. So really utilizing these types of the network type of support, both on, a you know, social media networking or um in person is very vital. And it can really just help an individual with a disability not feel so alone. And again, go to somebody who understands what they are going through. It can really just, and it really doesn't even have to be within your own backyard. Like you don't necessarily have to drive to these meetings if you can't drive. Or, you know, you could hop on to a Zoom call or you could, um, you know, go along with that. Or you could go in person, you know, if that's what you choose to do. And, um, you know, it's really all about providing uh, 
place for you to connect with others and gain knowledge. So like we talked about the informational support. So it's, you know, a really, a real combination of all types of support. You know, and having these uh, types of support for an individual with a disability or chronic illness allows you to not feel so alone. You know, we've talked about that previously. And I just think that's a really important part to hit home with is that like no networking and esteem support really kind of go hand in hand. And it's very important to be able to build upon your network and really invite people into that space so that they feel like they have somebody to go to. Last and certainly not least it, for the types of support is the idea of instrumental support. Instrumental support is the hands-on action of providing services or assistance to others. So this could be in a wide variety of scenarios or situations and for a wide variety of different individuals. For example, we go to the doctor to get prescriptions and maybe medical equipment like a wheelchair or a walker to be able to enhance our lives and be able to live better. You could also look at this from a standpoint of a caregiver and they may cook meals, transport you to appointments, take you on a walk, help you bathe, um, again, help you remind you to take medication, maybe even administer the medication. That would be more appropriate if they were administering it. That would be an act of physically supporting you. Um, as well as being able to, you know, get you dressed, anything that like really is a physical action. And it's very kind of obvious when you're providing this type of support. So with that being said, I think it's really important to remember to, even though it's still very obvious and sometimes individuals are kind of required to by law to use this type of support to support you, it shouldn't go unnoticed or unthanked. We should very, uh, very much be grateful for the individuals who provide this type of support. So I think that um, just being aware of it, and even if it's the smallest little thing, it's something to be um, very appreciative of. So with all the types of support we have just talked about, I really want to take this kind of segment and talk about why support is um, important. And I know we've kind of touched on it throughout each type of support, but I kind of just want to, again, bring this all back together and really just say that support is very vital to the human experience. And especially when we're dealing with disabilities or chronic illness, it's really important that we're able to share our journey with others. It's very important to make sure that we're not taking on all the responsibility, all, all the doctor's appointments, all the ch daily chores, all the, you know, emotional, you know, distress that can be caused without really having an outlet for others to come in and help us with our experience. I think that support, no matter what kinds of support you feel like you need for your specific situation, are very important to advocate for yourself and being aware of. And really just communicating with others how you feel that um, with each individual type of support, what is that going to look like for you? What does it mean to have esteem support for you in a relationship? What does it mean to have tangible support? What do you need in order to be successful with that type of support? And really just communicating that with the individuals who are there to support you. I think that, you know, there's a lot of um, benefits to having support. And I think that that, you know, it can contribute to your emotional, your 
health, your mental health, your ability to, again, cope with life, your resilience. It's very, very vital to be able to ask for help with ask for help when you need it. And to um, even prior to that, being able to recognize when you need help, what, uh, what are your strengths and what are you able to do on your own? And what are you able to support for yourself? And what do you need assistance with? And again, I just, as somebody who's very much struggled along her journey for asking for help, I want to really, really, really stress to you guys that asking for help is normal. Everyone asks for help. And it does not mean that you have to put a scarlet A on your head. It really does benefit your life to lean on others, as well as making sure that you can build your own competency and be able to rely on yourself. Having a balance of the two is so important in life. Well, thank you for listening to the Miss Independence podcast. I really hope you gained something from today's episode, and I am really looking forward to opening up the conversation about disabilities and chronic illness. Before we close out today's episode, I want to make sure I give a shout out to the Anchor app for supporting this podcast, as well as thanking you guys. I'm so excited about sharing my journey, and I really appreciate all the support. See you next week.